Hey everyone, it's Bobby Sylvester. We get bonus content to give to you guys this week. It's so fun that we get to chat another episode. This episode is sponsored by yourrules.com. Before we just use the same commissioner service as always, there's a hot new site that's offering some new incredible customizable features. Instead of set it and forget it with yourrules.com, you've got the ability to manage the outcome of your weekly matchup. They're the first site out there to offer a fantasy experience much closer to how a real football game is managed. I'll definitely be using their site this year to take advantage of some of these features. So to learn more about in-game substitutions, points for penalty yardage, and the unique ability to handle injuries, head over to yourrules.com and register for the 2017 NFL season. Your rules is fantasy sports your way. That's www.yourulz.com. All right, let's talk some football. Hey everyone, it's Bobby Sylvester with Mike Tagliere. As always, we don't have a guest today because this is an emergency episode. We had like the fantasy football apocalypse go on today and we're going to talk about it all. Tags, what a day, man. <laughs> well, I posted on Twitter. I don't even know how to react to it. I like, I, we couldn't do this fast enough. I'll tell you that. Uh, I've been waiting for to record. You were out looking at a house and I'm like, Bobby, get back here. Like we need to record now. It's the fantasy football apocalypse. That's basically what I said. And uh, I'm sticking to that. Yeah. It's just, you know, I was ahead of schedule for the first time in maybe six weeks. And I was really excited about it. Friday afternoon, like might be able to take my boys to the Cardinals game. And, uh, I blink for 30 minutes and the world just like explodes with fantasy football news. We're going to talk about that. The single most important thing that actually happened today, I got a text from my brother-in-law and he tells me, I found the greatest sleeper in the history of fantasy football. And I'm trying to get him to tell me who it is so I can tell all you guys, but he knows I'm going to tell you. And he wants so desperately to keep it a sleeper. So I'm working on that, guys. If I get it, you'll be able to hear about this great sleeper soon. But uh, I don't know. It's going to take some work. I think we've talked a lot about sleepers on here. I, I think it's impossible for someone to find the perfect sleeper that we haven't talked about. But uh, there's 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 a lot we need to talk about here, Bobby. There's there's some massive, massive news. It's the reason we obviously got on the podcast today. And uh, some people are overreacting to it. So I I, I want to know. Let's, let's get right into it. Let's talk about it. The biggest move that kind of happened, and I'm not going to talk about Ezekiel yet we're going to talk about Sammy Watkins getting traded from the Buffalo Bills to the Los Angeles Rams it was Sammy Watkins and a sixth round pick from next year to the uh to the Rams for a 2018 second round pick and EJ Gaines a cornerback so Bobby he was not good last year no he was not good last year he's got some skill he was drafted pretty late uh, in the draft two years ago and broke on as a rookie and he, he did pretty well but what kind of trade is this what are they thinking well, they were apparently, you know, when they didn't pick up Sammy Watkins player option, we should have read between the lines. But again, the, you know, this is a team that's going through a lot. You know, they, they fired the GM after the draft. You know, this was after all the Sammy Watkins thing came down. We didn't know how they felt about Tyrod Taylor. So it, there is so much question mark surrounding this Bills situation that Sammy Watkins getting traded there. You know, Bobby, what is your initial reaction to Sammy Watkins being a Los Angeles Ram? I'm mad. I'm mad on so many levels. One, because I hate the Los Angeles Rams. I know as an analyst, you're not supposed to like choose favorites and everything, but I hate the Rams. They abandoned me in St. Louis for Los Angeles, and now they're getting my guy. This is just not right. I, I don't remember who it was. I think Evan Silva, maybe uh, 
Mike Clay. I respect them both a ton. One of them said, this is the single worst case scenario for Sammy Watkins owners. Because Jared Goff, I mean, you can say what you want about him having upside. There's no doubt about that, that he's got some upside. And he's kind of a mystery this year. But he was by far the worst quarterback we saw on the field last year. I disagree that it's the worst case scenario. I think that there's worst case scenarios that he could have went to. He could have went to a team that had a, you know, 1A, 1B situation where he would have been sharing targets. But uh, I wrote a rapid reaction to this while I was waiting for you to get back from your house hunting. And, um, you know, I kind of went through the wide receivers in the Rams roster right now. And, you you know, they drafted Cooper Cup. That's fine. He's a slot receiver. Robert Woods, he is nothing more than a slot receiver. Sure, he'll play some perimeter because they kind of need him to now. Uh, But he's a slot guy. Tavon Austin, he's a gadget guy. You know, he's a failure project at wide receiver so they really don't have the 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 alpha dog in that in that offense so for me looking at this I went back and I looked at Sean McVay his history as an offensive coordinator with Washington and even going back to the the time with Robert Griffin and Colt McCoy in 2014 his offenses never finished outside of the top 20 in pass attempts. So we're looking interesting. Yeah. So we're looking at a minimum of roughly 560 pass attempts and what he's averaged, you know? Uh, so that's, that's solid, right? That's a solid starting point. A lot more than the bills we're going to throw. I mean, the Rams have all these positive game scripts too. Exactly. So that's why I'm starting to talk about this. Like when he leaves Buffalo, you know, Anquan Bolden signing there that didn't really knock down Sammy too much for me. It did lower his touchdown upside, but going to LA, so here's my thing. You mentioned it, Jared Goff, and I know that people, how bad he was last year. I get it. I really well, do. He also wasn't protected by Andrew Whitworth, who's one of the best five in the game, who's protecting him now, right? Yes, he was PFF's number three tackle in the game last year, Andrew Whitworth. He was the big free agent signing they went out and got, and he's replacing Greg Robinson, who was the worst. No, <laughs> yeah, he was number 73 of 76 tackles. He was literally a turnstile at left tackle. So, you know, when you're, when you're thrown into a situation like Jared Goff was, it, it's not ideal. Deal, right. I, I talk about it all the time. It's the same reason that I don't I still do not want my quarterback Mitch Trubisky playing for the Bears this year. I don't want it to happen, regardless of how good he looked last night. Um, but Jared Goff was thrown into the fire under under Jeff Fisher. Like this offense was a joke, right? Uh, I don't really care what people say about Kenny Britt. It, it is what it is. The offensive line was in shambles. They didn't hit the running game wasn't working. Nothing was working, right? So they went out there, they got a left tackle. They they tried to solidify that issue. They went out, they, they fired Jeff Fisher, they brought in Sean McVay, the youngest head coach of all time. Uh, this is a guy who is an offensive-minded coach. It could be a Kyle Shanahan type thing. It could be, you know, maybe a Chip Kelly type thing where he is an offensive guru because of what he's done, you know, with Washington. Uh, so looking at the situation, I am, you know, there's a reason that Jared Goff was the number one pick overall. People can people can say all they want right now, and I, I understand he didn't look good last year. I'm not defending that. But I will remind everyone that you all said he was the clear cut number one pick last year. You know, like people made fun of me this year for saying that Trubisky was well worth what the Bears paid for him. But but last year, if someone would have paid more than that for Jared Goff, nobody would have scoffed at that. They would have said, good for you. You just got yourself a franchise quarterback. So I'm not writing off Jared Goff. I know you and I got in this argument earlier in the offseason. I was willing to bet you that Jared Goff was going to finish as a top 25 fantasy quarterback. I know. That's- I mean, he's going to start all 16 games. He'll probably finish top 20 because of that. Because There's just not that many who will. Yes, that was my point is that, you know, he's not getting benched. He is the franchise quarterback and now 
you he, like his wide receiving core went is actually quite solid. You know, he's got Todd Gurley in the backfield behind him, regardless of how he played last year. He's a talent. Are we writing him off just because he had a bad year? I'm not. Uh, he has a, an upgraded offensive line. He's got a good head coach. He has Cooper Cup, who's a possession style receiver, some really, really strong hands. He may not have the upside. All the analytics guys love Cooper Cup as a rookie. Yes. Steve Smith, Steve Smith, former wide receiver in the NFL, Steve Smith, that said that Cooper Cup was his number one wide receiver in this draft. Now, I'm not going I'm not going that far, but but that's that says something about Cooper Cup and his his dedication to the craft. So for me, I am not writing off Sammy Watkins. I went through and looked at everything in the projected pass attempts, you know, his target share and what it should be. I'm projecting anywhere from 125 to 150 targets. And when you get that many targets with the talent that Sammy Watkins has, I'm still I'm still drafting you as a low end wide receiver too, with with upside for more if Jared Goff does pan out. I moved him down in my rankings an entire one spot. And I know that a lot of people are going to say that's not far enough. Maybe I'm just clinging on to how much I love Sammy Watkins, but I just think the Rams are going to throw the ball a hundred times more than the Buffalo Bills would. And like you said, he's still clearly the number one there. They went out and acquired him. Clearly they plan on using him. The only reason I didn't move him up actually is because he has to learn a new offense and that's pretty tough to do. Yeah, no, it, it, well, that's the thing. You know, we talk about the bad offense, but, you know, we're betting, as much as we're betting on Sammy Watkins' talent here, as much as you want to think it's about Jared Goff, it's also about Sean McVay and betting on his offense and the fact that he can turn this team around. So someone mentioned to me, they're like, you know, Mike, you, you might be onto something here because Kenny Britt, you know, obviously a guy that never totaled more than 800 yards in a season. Last year, he totaled 1,000 yards, five touchdowns on this bad Rams offense. So, you know, maybe Watkins, maybe his floor isn't as bad as people think. And Kenny I, Britt's I, best quarterback ever was Vince Young, though. So who knows how good he really is? <laughs> I mean, he's getting his best quarterback ever this year with Deshaun Kaiser. Well, if Deshaun Kaiser is actually starting for them, it, it appears like he should. You know, we could talk about so much from the preseason last night, but man. Of course. Yeah, we'll get to that next week. We've yeah, got to talk sure. about the trades today. There's for just sure. so much. Um, you know, I really think we're going to talk about McFadden in a second. I think he's the biggest winner of today. But besides him, I think it belongs to Todd Gurley. I mean, Watkins being there going to spread out the defenses. Um, I bumped Gurley all the way up to number 13 in my rankings ahead of Jordan Howard and Jay Ajayi. Yeah, no, Todd Gurley was he was already with those guys for me. And this might bump him up a little bit. Now, granted, last year, I, looking at at everything, look at the numbers. He didn't see too many stacked boxes, which was kind of surprising considering the team state last year. Uh, but again, Sean McVay, it's hard. You can't base anything off last year's numbers because he, it's coming with an entirely new offense. And, you know, Sammy Watkins, he's a wide receiver. He knows the full route tree. He just has to learn the playbook relatively quick. He can do that. He has, you know, what do we have? A full month until the start of the season. So I'm confident in Watkins. He looks healthy. They had him out there for an extended time last night. And I think it all comes down to, they wanted to showcase. Maybe the Rams were interested. They said, we want to make sure he's healthy, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure they had this plan for like three months, but they just had to make sure he was healthy. (laughs) That's why it was a scare probably in practice the other day. So, uh, no, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, it's big news. It's, it's big news for the Rams. If you're a Rams fan, this is this is definitely good for your franchise. Uh, whereas if you're a Bills fan, they've obviously thrown in the red flag <laughs> and they're saying we're in full rebuild mode. I just cannot believe this. We're talking about a wide receiver who's still extremely young and over his past 14 healthy games, he's been every bit as good as Antonio Brown with Tyrod Taylor thrown in the ball. I love Tyrod for fantasy purposes, but he's just not the best passer in the NFL. He's nowhere close to Ben Roethlisberger. Sammy Watkins can be amazing, man. I can't believe the Rams just stole him away from the Bills. Are you telling me there's no other NFL team that was willing to pay that much? 
I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if people have the ammunition. I don't know if they were shopping him. I don't know if the Rams are the ones that reached out and inquired about it. I'm guessing we're going to find out really soon. I'm sure we'll find out about it, you know, when the Rams introduce him and saying that, you know, we reached out and said, hey, are you looking to get rid of this franchise wide receiver that you guys did not pick the option up on? So uh, there's 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 definite downside here. Uh, I can understand that. And upon hearing about it, it's like, man, I have so many Sammy Watkins shares in, you know, MFL 10s and draft. I have so many shares and at first it was a little upsetting but the more I looked at it the more I'm like you know what the volume is actually going to increase the efficiency will come down a little bit it, you know it's a slight downgrade I'm not going to lie about that but I, I don't think it's as bad as people are saying it is now Jordan Matthews went to the bills obviously they weren't going to do this trade unless they had that up their sleeve before I saw this trade Dags I was so excited about Zay Jones Sammy Watkins is leaving <laughs> Zay Jones is going to be the guy again and uh, I moved Zay up maybe, I don't know, 15 spots in my rankings. And then they trade for Jordan Matthews. So, again, just total bummer today for me. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a bad time for you, Bobby. It was so weird because, you know, the Zeke thing was announced. And then all of a sudden, there, I, th- something pops up with Jordan Matthews. I'm like, wait, Jordan Matthews got signed to the Bills? I'm like, oh, no, this is hurting Sammy Watkins' value. Literally right underneath that tweet from Ian Rappaport was about Sammy Watkins being traded to the Rams. And I'm like... What in holy hell is happening? Like, I, I I almost lost my mind today. I was supposed to do a lot of other things, but I told my wife, I was like, you know what? We have to cancel those things, and uh, I need to write up some instant, instant reactions. If you, guys, <laughs> if you guys haven't seen those, check them out on the website. I, I wrote quick reactions to these, and uh, they're data-filled, so hopefully you guys enjoy them. Yeah, and it doesn't look like you wrote it quick either. It's awesome work tags. I was reading it when I was uh, eating some Subway, and it was brilliant. I, I knew exactly what points you were going to make, but... Um, you know, it's, it's really great stuff. I'm glad you put those out there. Um, so, Dags, how high are you moving Jordan Matthews now and Nelson Aguilar, who's going to start for the Eagles? That's I, I don't I still don't even know it's Nelson Aguilar that's going to be starting. Right. I mean, we have Alshon Jeffrey. We have Torrey Smith. And then like last night, you're seeing guys like uh, Mac Hollins, you know, stiff arming guys down the field scoring. a What was it like a 50 yard touchdown? It was kind of crazy. But Nelson Aguilar is as much as people have been talking him up this offseason. All I've seen from beat reporters over the last couple days are that Nelson Aguilar has balls going off his chest, off his hands. He he's running fine routes. He's a fine route runner, but he can't catch the ball is what they're saying. So I don't I'm not automatically assuming that he's walking into a starting role. What this does for the Eagles offense is Zach Ertz receives a massive bump. If you've read anything that I've done on Zach Ertz, uh, it highlights the two games where Jordan Matthews was out last year. Zach Ertz was a monster like Jordan Matthews was the top like the number one tight end over the second half of the season last year. Yes, he did have more points than Rob or than Travis Kelsey, but it, it all came, it all came down to those two games where he, I think he scored, I think he averaged like something crazy, like 25 or 30 PPR points per game. It was something nutty. Uh, so he definitely receives a big bump. And I mean, what do you think? What is your take on Matthews before I get mine? I'm impressed with Matthews. I just thought it was a bad offense for him. He moves to Buffalo where there's really no competition. I mean, you can say what you want about Zay Jones. He's a rookie, though, and he wasn't taken in the first round, so he's not like some uber athlete or anything like that. You can say what you want about Anquan Bolden, but he is just an old turd. So, you know, I think Jordan Matthews steps in here, and he's the number one, and we get to see just how good he can be. I mean, remember how high he was drafted each of the past two seasons. 
He's got some talent tags. He does. And I'm not, so I'm not willing, I don't want to write off Jordan Matthews, but I also don't think this move helps him. And I wanted him to get out of Philly for what it's worth, because I do own him in, in dynasty formats. And I've been waiting for, I, I wanted Philly to trade him. It just seemed like it's a crowded bunch there. Him and Zacherts are going to be fighting over the middle for targets, you know, the, the added wide receivers, everything. So, you know, kind of looking at the whole situation, I was like, this one, I want to say it's a plus, but it's really not because when you look at the team, I'm questioning what they're doing here because before the Anquan Bolden signing, before the trades took place, Zay Jones was expected to play the slot for the Bills. They, you know, they, they told him they wanted to learn that. They well, wanted to learn three that. slot receivers now. They all run slants like 70% of the time. Well, exactly. And that's the problem is that Anquan Bolden, I looked at that, you know, last year he played, it was like 80% of the snaps in the slot. The year prior, he was almost 70% of the snaps in the slot. Matthews has been almost an exclusive slot receiver his entire career. Uh, I went through and broke down the, the targets that he's gotten in the slot, as well as those that he's seen on the perimeter. And he has been much better in the slot than he has been on the perimeter. So do I think that that's an indication of what's to come? I'm not going to say that, but it is noteworthy considering there's always been those question marks about Matthews. Is he just a slot guy? Is he Marcus Colston, you know, reincarnated? You know, we, we, we don't know. But I think the real problem here, though, Bobby, is that you mentioned it the pass attempts, you know, when we talked about Sammy Watkins, we were like, well, how high is his ceiling in an offense that may not throw the ball 500 times? And Uh, I throw the ball 500 times. Rex Ryan's gone. They'll throw the ball about an average amount, maybe a little less. Well, McDermott is a defensive coordinator. So like he's a former defensive coordinator for the Panthers. So he's still a defensive minded coach. So I'm guessing they're still going to be extremely run heavy. But here's what I wrote about Matthews. Even if we, we, we play devil's advocate and we say, you know what? Yes, they're going to throw the ball 520 times, which would be a 50 attempt increase over last season. And then Jordan Matthews gets a 20% target share, which would be a top 25 receiver in the league. We're looking at 104 targets. That is not going to get the job done. There was just one there was just one wide receiver who finished in the top 24 last year with fewer than 108 targets. And that wide receiver was Tyreek Hill, who obviously scored a bunch of touchdowns. He played special teams. He ran the ball. So Hunter Henry could probably do it with 53 targets. I mean, he was so efficient with his 53 <laughs> last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got I've got Jordan Matthews as number 47 right now. His ADP is number 54. Uh, he's in the same neighborhood for me as guys like Adam Thielen, Mike Wallace, Deshaun Jackson, even Robbie Anderson, who I bumped up quite a bit after uh, Quincy Noonan went out. So I'm not too excited about Jordan Matthews, but I did move him up about 15, 20 spots in my rankings. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, it's fair because I think I had him right around 52 before this news. Uh, And then so I I went and revisited and I said to look at him as a wide receiver four. So you're drafting him in the range at that wide receiver 37 through wide receiver, you know, 48 range somewhere in there. But the highest upside you're probably going to get without an injury is wide receiver three numbers. So uh, it's it's not ideal for Jordan Matthews. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a weird fantasy day, man. It's like, I, I think people overreacted to the Sammy news and I think that they, they're underreacting to the Jordan Matthews. Hey, by the way, with, uh, with Matthews leaving in Philadelphia, there's that big void. We talked about Aguilar who's dropping everything. And if you look at what he did last year, he was just one of the worst wide receivers on tape. He's got the skills. He just doesn't catch the ball. There's something wrong with the guy. There's a deep sleeper that I'm really fond of, Shelton Gibson. He's a rookie out of West Virginia, and uh, he's a small guy, 5'11", 190, so he's going to kind of go unnoticed, but I'm telling you, this guy is polished. You watched his tape. He's got incredible instincts. He can play. He's going to be a long-time NFL wide receiver. I think he might steal the job this year. 
Well, I mean, we're going to find out. We're definitely going to find out. That's the best part about it is like all this news. And, you know, again, this is being recorded almost immediately after. So we haven't had time to run through our projections and see what we want to do. But um, but I did try and focus it on these guys and and see where we're at with just them. But the aftermath, it's going to trickle down to everyone. And, um, you know, even the the underlying issue here is that that I mentioned in the Jordan Matthews trade, they sent away their cornerback, the best cornerback left on their roster and Ron Darby. So they've lost their top two cornerbacks. They are the team to pick on in DFS for passing, right? The number one team to pick on. Yeah, they're secondary. Yeah, and if EJ Gaines continues to play like he did last year, it continue to pick on him. Like, I just don't, I don't know what they're doing in the secondary there because, you know, D- Darby and Gilmore was one of the better duos in the NFL in terms of cornerback pairs. And now, I'll tell you what they're doing. They're trying to get Josh Rosen in that mustache. <laughs> this is just an upgrade for Devontae Parker and for Brandon Cooks. These are, these are guys yeah, that are going to yeah, see them twice a year. Uh, it's a really interesting thing to look at. So Tags and I have been playing this, uh, this best ball league a lot this preseason at playdraft.com. Tags, um, we're going to both start doing this thing. Um, I think you already have, right? Where, where you post on Twitter, hey, I'm about to go into a draft. Guys, watch our Twitter feed. And when you see this, hop in with us. You can draft with us. Uh, Tags, why don't you explain what these best ball leagues are that play draft us? Yeah, so with Playdraft, we have a thing where I actually wrote a couple of articles just giving you guys a heads up because I understand what it's like to not know what something is. Like if you're if you're unsure what, the, what a best ball league is or how it's different than regular leagues, I wrote a few articles. Check them out. We actually have a link too. And if you want to sign up, if you want to try them out, we're gonna get we give you a free entry just for signing up through our link. So do that. And what best ball leagues do? You go in there. You can choose one of two things. You could do a fast draft where you have 30 seconds on the clock and you kind of run through 18 rounds, right? And that's basically if you want to sit down and get a draft over within an hour, right? Uh, and if you want to do a slower draft, which is what I do a lot of, where it's eight hour timers, you know, it's just a slower draft. Whenever you have the time to get around to making your pick, you do that. And uh, those typically last anywhere from one to two weeks. But you go through and you pick 18 players, a combination of quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. There are no kickers. There are no defenses on there. I love that about play draft. Um, but yeah, check out the articles that we've done. It, they're so much fun. And it gives you a good idea of what players are going in what range. And, you know, guys like Sammy Watkins are probably going to fall maybe further I, than they I should right now. I love doing these, uh, these best ball leagues. In fact, it's getting really close to me to season long leagues. And it, look, I love the draft experience of a, uh, of a season long league and everything. But I just love doing like 20 drafts at the same time, having all these teams that I can watch for on Sundays. And, and best ball makes that possible. Plus play draft. Like they completely changed the atmosphere of these best ball leagues because it's easy to use. It's beautiful. It's sleek. So guys, check out playdraft.com, sign up, get that promo code from us and, uh, and, you know, get your free entry, compete against us. We're going to have a lot of fun this preseason. For sure. For sure. And that's the thing is, so I've been waiting to do that because I was yeah. waiting to see how to do the links and things like that. And now we're able to start inviting people. So I'm definitely going to put out a link pretty soon. And uh, so if you guys want to play against me in a uh, best I'm doing ball my league. first one on Monday, right around lunchtime. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we're going to have some fun tags. Let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott now suspended for six games. I mean, I think it might be cut to three or four games, but right now I dropped him all the way down from number four in my rankings to number 21. 21 overall. Yeah, he's right behind Melvin Gordon for me and just ahead of Sammy Watkins. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the territory where I was talking about. Someone asked me immediately after, and that's something I need to look at a little bit closer. I haven't written an article on Zeke's suspension yet, but uh, from initial reactions, I kind of took a look at some numbers and I would probably put him at the beginning of the third round. You know, we have that dead space in the third round where it's kind of like you're, you're taking a bunch of guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson's going in there, a bunch of those guys. So it's instead of taking them, I would take Zeke, I guess. Uh, it's going to put you in a weird situation, though, to be completely honest. It's 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 a risky pick, even in the third round. But in most drafts, I, I can't imagine. Bobby, can you imagine seeing him fall? No, no, there's no way. He'll be taken in the top 15 in virtually every draft, I think. I mean, we saw what Le'Veon Bell did. That's fresh in everyone's mind. He missed a couple games last season. And you won your championship if you had Le'Veon Bell because he was so good at the end of the year. Like I said, pro-rated to 2,500 yards from scrimmage. And Zeke's not the same player, but everyone's going to remember that. And they're going to say, well, I got by with it last year, so I'm going to go for it again. Um, It's interesting. Like I had a guy uh, shoot us a listener mailbag question, mailbag at fantasypros.com, by the way. And he said, I've got Melvin Gordon I'm keeping in the 7th and Jordy Nelson in the 11th. Should I take Zeke at the turn? And I mean, I, I just said I have Zeke ranked number 21 right now. I told the guy, yeah, take Zeke at the turn. You know why? Because that guy's going to make the playoffs. He's got two incredible values right there. So you might as well have the best team going to the playoffs as possible. And Zeke is a monster. He's a top four fantasy football player for the playoffs. So, you know, if you're in a situation like that, go ahead and grab him. Otherwise, he's probably not going to end up on my teams. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I just I just pulled up a spreadsheet that I've been working with, and it's an article that's coming out next week. I can't wait. It's been a massive project. Um, but on, last year, Bobby, on average, it took 11.5 PPR points to finish as an RB2, right? So that's just the, the, the baseline average. Did you know there was only 10 running backs who hit that number 10 times or more? So it goes to show that it, even if Zeke misses six games, He's one of those guys that is going to deliver every single week outside of that. So you're looking at at 10 weeks where Zeke is going to offer you at least RB2 value and RB1, you know, I'd say a majority of the time. So when you look at that and you take his replacement that you're going to use, whether it be if you can snag Darren McFadden, awesome. If you can't, you know, snag someone else, maybe a safer play like we've talked about on the show. Like if you want to do a Chris Thompson, somebody like as a high floor PPR play just to fill that spot until he gets there. But I would definitely aim if you draft Ezekiel Elliott. Just aim to grab Darren McFadden in the, you know, what, seventh round? Maybe you'd have to do that. And then you're locking up You take him as early as the seventh round? I think so. Because, you know, thinking you're going to get... So McFadden, people kind of forget. Before Ezekiel Elliott got there, Darren McFadden on that bad Cowboys offense from 2015, he led the league in rushing yards that year. So... Um, people, yeah. And no one remembers because he hardly had any touchdowns. Exactly. It was like three touchdowns. Yeah. But I mean, obviously those touchdowns are going to come. That's just positive regression that's due. So yeah, McFadden's really good, but I don't know if I'd touch him in the seventh because I watched Alfred Morris run. And he looked really good again, too. I think I'd rather have Alfred Morris starting if I was the Cowboys. Some people said that, and I'm not buying it. Because, so, you know, Alfred Morris did look good in terms of what he did. But he did come in the, in the game as the third string running back. He was, a, he was behind McFadden. So, and on top of that, if you watch, I watched every snap that game. And Darren McFadden literally had no shot on his carries. Like, the, he, he got the ball, and he was being smashed in the backfield. There was no blocking for him, especially on the right side of the line. And I know they're, they're trying to work things out there. But I'm not going overboard. The reason that I don't think Alfred Morris is even 
close to what Darren McFadden is on that, that depth chart right now is because Darren McFadden is an excellent receiver. And Alfred Morris has bricks for hands. It's a great Consider- point. Yeah, and considering, you know, Des Bryant's schedule and how tough it is and the fact that now Bryce Butler is apparently hurt, Terrence Williams hasn't been good throughout his career, you know, we're, we're going to be expecting a lot out of Jason Witten and the running backs in, in the passing game. So uh, Darren McFadden is one of the better receivers, which is why he's definite, definite, he's the handcuff for me. But yeah, so I mean, I again, I need to look at it all again, but Zeke, he may move up for me maybe to the end of the second round. And then, like I said, I would be okay with paying probably a seventh or eighth round price tag for Darren McFadden just to make sure you get that handcuff and you don't suffer for those first six weeks. Yeah, I've got McFadden in the eighth right now at number 93. I mean, he jumped 60 spots today for me, which is really exciting. Um, but just because I don't know if he's actually going to be the guy, he probably will be. But, you know, it's the same type type of thing as uh, as Jamal Williams and, and Ty Montgomery. Like, Ty Montgomery, if I knew he was going to be the starter, I'd take him at the end of the second, early third. But we don't know that for sure. So I'm taking him in the fourth, and that means I'm not going to get him. It's kind of the same thing for McFadden for me. So it sounds like... We've got the same ideas here, Tags, that we're taking Elliott in the uh, late second round, probably not going to drop to us, and McFadden in the seventh, eighth round. And, you know, I'm willing to adjust these rankings. We, of course, always are. We want to hear everyone else's opinions, see the stats that are out there, all the different angles. And that's why we whittled down our rankings. I change mine every single day. You can always find those rankings at fantasypros.com slash NFL slash rankings slash Bobby dash Sylvester. Um, and we've got the same link for tags as well. You can track our rankings and we post all kinds of articles about them on Twitter. So make sure to follow us at Bobby Fantasy Pro and at Mike Taglier NFL. Tags, you have anything else to say about what happened today? No, man. I think I got a lot off my chest here. I need to digest everything else and get back to the projections machine and kind of do all that and figure out where does Ezekiel Elliott go? How early am I willing to take Darren McFadden? And uh, we'll get back at it on Monday. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is right about 30 minutes, which is what we were shooting for. That's pretty cool. And hopefully it's not too hard on a producer who didn't know another podcast was coming today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Really appreciate all the support you guys have been giving us, all the great reviews. You can subscribe and review us on iTunes. Remember, we've got that signed Amari. Cooper jersey giveaway from pristineauction.com and it ends on Sunday. We're starting up a new one next week. I'm going to tell you right now, it's Melvin Gordon. We've got a cool Melvin Gordon signed jersey from Pristine Auction. So if you do miss out on the Cooper one, don't worry. Your entry is for every single contest for the rest of the season at contest at fantasypros.com. Just send a screenshot of your rating review on iTunes. For Mike Tagliera, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve